everybody. Hey. This is Steven and my lovely co-host. Sadie. We are joining you in our newly revamped room, the Lodge Room. The Lodge Room. But you might ask, why are you there? Well, we're doing, I guess, what we dubbed an end-of-the-year in-review podcast. And we both kind of stepped away from podcasting. Um, not not on purpose, just... No, definitely not on purpose. Accidental. I kind of took on a secondary role at work, and... I had some medical issues that led to needing to get our butts in gear for exercising and being healthy, so we kind of walked yeah. away the rest of the summer. How did that work out for us? <laughs> um, it worked really well between May and November, and then it got dark out, and it got winter time. And and my second my second job kind of inter- interfered a little bit, but eh. it's okay. We'll we'll figure it. Out. I I haven't quite packed on Christmas all my weight cookies, yet. Things like that. That's yeah. kind of a distraction this time of year. Yeah, so. I haven't put back on my winter weight, but you know, no. we'll we'll hit it here. We got to figure out a plan. I normally do not thrive in the winter anyway, so when it gets dark out at like five six o'clock, I'm like, eh, I'm already home from work. Hibernation I'm already mode. in my jammies. So we don't we'll get, get as much sunlight here in the Midwest. Yeah. So I do uh, the Crafted Quilt podcast. And I do the Daily Escape podcast with Sadie K. Frazier. Someone left my podcast. Well. To do her own. <laughs> when you're inspired by the universe, sometimes you just have to listen. Right? So, yeah, I guess so. Okay. But I promise to do more co-podcasts. We'll do co-podcasts. Maybe... We're revamping the show, but we're hoping this end of the year will uh, kickstart um, our interests, our energies into things. But we kind of wanted to end the year, like so many of you are probably doing, kind of thinking back to you know, how things were this past year. But we want to do a kind of a year in review. We're just going to kind of talk a little bit about some things. Each of us are going to take turns. I wanted to kind of bring up a point. We were writing last night in... I don't know if any other authors out there get distracted while they're writing one thing and then you get a burst of inspiration from something else, but this is kind of what came to me when I was thinking about doing our podcast today and how we're feeling about all of this. What I wrote down was, when one year disappears and slips quietly into the next without much fanfare, it's easy to view in the rearview mirror all of the things we were we meant to do but never did. I know for us that's a big thing for this year. We had all kinds of plans. We were going to do better than the year before. I think everybody always has that goal at the beginning of a new year. And for a lot of reasons, we did things that maybe we had never done before that we should have done, like keeping ourselves healthy and revamping our food and exercising and hiking and all that kind of stuff. But there was a lot of other things that we let fall to the wayside while that happened. So... While it would be easy to be discouraged and get down on ourselves and make all kinds of excuses like we're really good at together, till the proverbial cows come home, we prefer to look towards the future and set our sights on what lies ahead. So in this podcast, I think we're just going to kind of revamp some things that have shaped us into the people we are, look back on this year in review and maybe some of the things we wish we would have done better, let you know some of the things we're currently working on, and then maybe talk about the future and some things that we have coming up in the future that we're looking forward to. So many things have um, gone on, both personal and professional, and even in the even in the world, if you you watch the news any given day, and you're going to see things um, that happen, good and bad. Um, but we'll kind of skip around a little bit. Um, like one, of the, one of the things where that's concerned is we want to do better with that. I guess that's why we started talking about current events of the world and things like that. We neglect to hop on and share our feelings about things like that. We plan podcasts around topics and things like that that interest us, but what about the things that are going on in the world? I know one of the things that impacted me personally was the recent death of Twitch off of Ellen DeGeneres and his recent suicide. I have my master's in psychology and my purpose in life, I feel, is to help other people 
reach for the light when they feel like they can't find anything else to hold on to. So for us to not hop on and talk about that or have a podcast revolving around mental health and suicide prevention, I really feel like we missed the bar on stuff like that. So So in going with a year in review, we can also say a year ahead, things we want to do better at. Um, And um, we... You know, going with the death of Alan's close friend and partner, Twitch, um, there there was, um, I don't know, so many things that, like I was saying, that happened, you know, just on a personal, professional level. Uh, my own dad passed last January from COVID, but the saving grace, I think, with that, and that that's probably not the right word to use for that. Um, in some ways it was <laughs> he and I have never been close and when we had a falling out 20 some odd years ago I was able to distance myself and form my own family unit but the past couple years um, when both families kind of came back together he was still not there he was kind of lost in his own world so his passing in a roundabout way, uh, I th- I wish I could say there wasn't some regret. I think there will always be that. But his passing allowed uh, my family and mine and my wife's family actually to get a little bit bigger. Um, my brother and his family and even my mom, we were all uh, able to come together and um, kind of reorganize, restructure the family unit and maybe heal a little bit. We've now been with each other's families, how many times? Three, four times now? Four or five times, yeah. Since um, April. Spent the Thanksgiving holiday together. First holiday we've spent together in 20-some years because of past issues that kept us apart. So it's been awesome to welcome a second family back in again and become part of that. So that that's just one thing that was kind of sad, but kind of happy because it kind of, you know, good things can come from bad things. So here's to uh, an old year, bringing in the new year. But um, shifting around a little bit, uh, what else did we do this past year? We did a lot of walking, a lot of creating adventures out of nothing because... Yeah. I don't know how you guys are with exercise, but for me, if I have a purpose in mind and something to walk or work towards, it's a heck of a lot easier than to just get up every day and be like, oh, we have to walk a mile today after we've worked all day, after you don't get home till something o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can we talk about walking, though? Yes. Um, what, what did we do on your birthday? So our biggest, let's talk about one of my bi- biggest physical challenges of this year. So I, my, our doctor retired like after the first of the year this year, 2022. And we were forced to find a new doctor at the same clinic, no problem. So I picked a doctor and I went in to have my physical and I was like, okay, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, blah, blah, blah. She runs some blood work and comes back and says, well, you now have full-blown type 2 diabetes. And I don't know if any of you are struggling with type 2 diabetes, but it's something that can be easily controlled if you pretty much revamp your entire lifestyle yeah. if you haven't already been eating healthy, There's walking, some exercising. Both of us have suffered from a very low vitamin D level, which also affects your energy. We both have hypothyroidism. You've got Hashimoto's. We have a lot of physical things that I feel bad for complaining about them because in the grand scheme of things, there's a pe- you know there's a lot of people that have a whole lot worse, but our issues right now at this stage in our life are controllable. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go on medicine. I could mm-hmm. easily, I have a coworker who would rather take some pills every time the doctor nods his head and says, okay, now you have this, now you have this, now you have this, here's another pill. She told me that she would rather take that pill than ever put forth the effort to exercise or change anything about her lifestyle. And that's okay for her if that's what she wants to do. I chose to look at this as an opportunity to change our entire lifestyle from everything from the way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we think, the way we move. 
So we started that in beginning of May, I believe. May 5th or something like that is when I was diagnosed. And I think from that first email I got uh, that told me I had diabetes, I looked at you and was like, all right, let's start walking. We started off across the street and we ventured down the street to a track that it's Iowa School for the Deaf is the name of it. Beautiful track with some inspiration. So I think we got a little bit cocky there for a little bit thinking, oh, hey, we, we just walked two miles. That's not a big deal. So on my birthday weekend, what we would normally do over Memorial Day is probably hole up in our house and write for three days. And we did some of that. But on my actual birthday, you were like, so what do you want to do today? I think the intent was just to stay put and relax. <laughs> yeah, we were going to just stay inside, get caught up on shows, just chill. And you asked me what I wanted to do, asked me if I wanted to go for a little walk. I said, sure. You told me to pick where. <laughs> I said, West Oak Forest. We've always wanted to do that little hike. <laughs> well. That, that little hike. Three hours later, we emerged from the forest out of energy, dragging. We weren't, we weren't prepared in any way, shape, or form. But uh, needless to say, there were a lot of actual ups and downs in the forest. And me being the heavier of the two, and probably a little more out of shape, uh, I barely survived it. And I think we had like a half a bottle of water apiece and yeah, two Oreo cookies as a... As <laughs> a go-to snack. The only thing that, I think, the, honestly, the thing that aided in our, I'm going to use it, the, term, the word success loosely, I mean, the thing that really saved us was I turned on music. Yep. And it, it kept, you know, going up those hills with a huge incline uh, allowed me to focus on the music and not where I was at or what I was doing. But it, it pushed me on. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie, there was some some moments where, uh, I panicked a little bit because anxiety kicked in. I was yeah. I was struggling to get up the hills, and it worked. And but you know what? I did that to myself. I allowed my physical body to get out of shape, put on way more weight than I'm. Uh, I need to have stacked on. But at the end, uh, I think did we put that video on YouTube or? I think so. Or, That's the or, one I just came up yeah. under half fate. will travel on our YouTube channel. You can check it out. I think we entitled it journey of a thousand miles. Yeah. We, we ended, uh, the hike with a video that we posted about surviving the hike. And, yeah. uh, it was a very beautiful hike. I, I won't deny that, but at the same time, when you are stuck inside your head, because you see before you a mountain, you have to climb to get up and out. The, the original intent was we were just going to keep hiking, thinking it was going to loop around. We couldn't have been farther from the start than, mm -hmm. you know, we might as well have been in the middle of the desert somewhere. Yep. But needless to say, we persevered and survived the hike. So that was uh, one area of... That was probably uh, the most physically challenging thing that I've done in years. And that, that's how we started our summer. Yeah. But... Nothing else we've done really uh, this year was more hard than that. That was physically. We did, a, we did another hike on one of the holidays where we had three days off, and I can't remember which one it was, but we ended up walking on the Wabash Trail, and we had walked three miles before, so it's a mile and a half out and a mile and a half back. And once we got to that mile and a half marker, we decided to push it to two and then three. Needless to say, we ended up thinking we were walking about six miles, and our Nike app tracker and your health app tracker ended up putting at us at like... I, I think all said and done, we are close to 10 miles. Yeah, it was over 10 miles. And then we went to, I think, Salvation Army or somebody like someplace like that and bought a table and ended up physically carrying that out and then coming home and revamping our house. And it ended up being something crazy like 15 miles that we did that day yeah, we pushed ourselves literally to the edge and probably over it <laughs> so i guess i'm bringing this part up to say that it's never too late to make those changes that you want to make whether it's a new year we started this in mid-may it wasn't a new year it wasn't a new year's resolution actually probably at the beginning of the year it started being a new year's resolution and we just let it fall by the wayside 
but it's never too late to start over. It's never too late to take your health and your, even your mental health into your own hands, get the help you need, ask for help, and keep pushing on. And the sad part is it's not that we couldn't exercise inside either. We have a treadmill and an exercise bike yep. downstairs. It's just by the time I got home, dinner was made and it was just easier to retreat to the couch when really we should have just picked up and moved to the inside, but yep. we didn't. But, and you we know. are each other's own worst enemy. When you have a partner that you love with all your heart and you do everything together, that also means creating excuses and yeah, we shared talking our excuses things together. out of the things you should be doing as well. <laughs> so so what else did we do this past year? Did We, we wrote quite a bit. Yeah, we wrote, of. but I went through some mental challenges this year from whether it be from changes in menopause, whether it be from, I don't even know, you could make excuses all day, but there, I had a serious writer's block for the longest time, and we ended up watching a movie, do you remember the name of the movie? It was a Brooke a Shields Christmas. Castle for Christmas. Yeah, Castle for Christmas, and I saw her walk out as the character in the movie and stand before this desk, and that's all it took. In the middle of the movie, I was flooded with ideas and notes, and I've been working on my current work in progress. Um, it's called Fragments of Hope, and she basically, she's a broken, shattered person from some losses that she's experienced in her life, and she's worked her way through grief to the other side of that journey. Um, I'm currently rounding out that book, the last maybe four or five chapters, and it's, you know, a journey through love, or through love, loss, and back to love and finding herself again. So I can truly relate to that in my own life. And I hope to wrap that one up here shortly. You've got, what are you currently working on? Uh, I just finished up, um, it may turn it into a series, but this particular manuscript, I've kind of dubbed the title, and I probably will stick with it. Uh, the Sight of Love. Um, this one I had actually started probably a year ago, but I tend to uh, collect manuscript ideas and work on them periodically without focusing a whole lot of time on one particular one. But as the end of the year drew nigh upon us, I told Sadie, I said, I've got to finish something. So... I did. I finished Sight of Love, and now the ball is in her court. And for editing and for editing, cover and art, your and favorite <laughs> thing to do ever. Yeah, it's all right. Um. So, in in saying that, for like what you're currently working on, let's go back to the influences we've had that have brought us into becoming authors and podcasters and vloggers and bloggers and all the many other hats that we wear. But where did that start for you as far as your influences? Well, I mean, I recently saw a video about if you love to read, you also can be an author. So if, if I back that up a step or two, uh, when I was a child, I had, I started out my uh, life having a hard time reading, and after that was corrected, probably about the junior high, maybe sixth grade on up, uh, reading just like suddenly took off. And authors like Beverly Cleary, um, she would be one of mine also, Roald Dahl. Same guy that wrote James and the Giant Peach. I mm -hmm. uh, read some Hardy, Hardy Boys books. Yeah. Um, probably high school era, I got into sci-fi fantasy. Um, so many authors there. But it all kind of, um, not only did it provide an escape for me, but it kind of created a fire that when one day, years down the road, suddenly becoming an author became more real than not, uh, I had all that influences in my life that had planted seeds of wonderment, I guess. You know, you think about Beverly Cleary and Ralph S. Mouse or 
the Ramona series mm-hmm. or science fiction book, take a pick at that one. Or, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien Karen books. Karen Travis for you. Yep, Karen Travis from um, Gears of War series or Star Wars books. All of those you could wrap up in a neat little bow. And, you know, you got the Isaac Asimovs. So I can't forget that. Yeah. Um, we even have a plant named after him. Yeah, we have a plant named Isaac. <laughs> uh, who's, uh, who's Alice named after? Uh, Karen Travis's real name. There's a twist on Karen Travis there. And I can't think of what it well, is I don't right remember. Now. Sorry, Alice. We'll have to look it up. Uh, so that's just kind of some some author things. Um did some we did some podcasting too. Yeah, uh, before we get to that part, let me name some of my influences yeah, too for up. the books here. Back to training. Um, I would agree with you with the Nancy Drew Hardy Boy series. We both that's kind of cool that we share that too from way back when. In fact, we watched the show now, the Nancy Drew series that's on currently too. Um, I think Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys was the first one. My dad was sheriff. And my grandpa used to be in the police department. So I've always had that connection with, like, mystery and suspense and murder mystery and solving invest. My dad was an investigator before he was sheriff. So I think Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys kind of tickled my brain and was, like, that clue-finding investigative period of my life where I was like, yeah, let's figure out who yeah. done it. That's I still love shows like that. Um, only Murders in the Building is a current show that we watch that if you guys haven't seen it, you need to check it out. And actually, they have a podcast in the show, but it's a kind of a murder mystery um, of a murder that started off in their building and who did it. Um, other influential authors for me would be Judy Bloom was one of them, and I think she was just raw honesty about, like, I remember reading for the first time, like, in my family, moms didn't really, my mom, my grandma... Neither one really talked about feminine things or personal things. You just, back in the 70s or so, you just didn't talk about stuff like that. And I remember reading, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, and she got her period for the first time. And I was like, oh, she said her period. You're not supposed to talk about stuff like that. But she shared stories about boys and fears of being, you know, not fitting in as a teen. And I could really relate to that when I was younger. Beverly Cleary is another one. As an adult, I got more into, like, Daniel Steele, Nora Roberts, some of those kind of murder mysteries just to kind of escape from reality. Um, I'm going to share mine, like, personally, not just the books, but two of the most influential people in my life that got me into writing. One of them was Mr. Smith, Art Smith, from Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, Arizona. He was my English teacher, and he taught art classes too and I don't think I ever took an actual art class from him but he integrated our English class into a creative writing class and he would literally turn off the lights put like mood lighting on he had a record player where he would put like Pink Floyd and some other music that I'd never even listened to ever and say okay for the next hour we're gonna write write whatever comes to you it doesn't have to be a poem it doesn't have to be a haiku it doesn't have to be just write from your heart. And I fell in love with the art of writing in that class. Um, when I was younger, the other most influential person is my grandma. My dad and my grandma both is where I get my love of reading from. You will not find my dad without a book by his side. And he's 70-some years old, and he's, I mean, he's hes a book, book addict. He just loves to read everything. But my grandma would sit... In their house, um, one of the things that, one of the very first books that I ever read when I was little like that was Little Black Sambo. And it was about a young Indian boy who outsmarts four tigers that threaten to eat him. Now there's been racial innuendos and all kinds of things where that book was actually banned. It was on the banned list for a while. Um, For me, I didn't see that. I saw a life lesson in that story but for me, I had memories attached to that. And I think a lot of us do as authors. It, it stems from whatever you're writing stems from a memory or a feeling as you're reading that book more than the words itself. I, I just like the pancakes with the butter. 
Well, yeah. I mean, there is that too. That was awesome. If you guys remember reading that part, I was always hungry after reading that that book. In fact, that's one of the reasons why it was banned. It's because they said that it was it was showing gluttony because he ate 169 pancakes. Come on. It that's why it's called writing and living. You know, fictional fiction because it's who's going to eat 169 pancakes? Come on. Anyway, that memory stems from memories of my grandma where. She would sit and read probably her 100th novel of the summer, and I would sit in the kitchen of the house that my grandpa built and read the day away while I thumbed through Little Black Sambo and pretty much learned to read and expand my reading that way. Um, Then I would grab, I remember grabbing books off of her shelf. One of the first ones I ever read was Love Story by Eric Seagal. And she's like, Chrissy, I don't think that you're going to be able to read this or should read this. But I was like, you know, just let me give it a shot. I think I was probably, man, I don't know if I was 10 by the time I read that. That book broke my heart. It was the first adult, not bad adult, but it was the first adult novel that I had ever read and bawled my eyes out. But I did it to find that connection and that bond with my grandma. So, um, I mean, it helped me. After my parents divorced, I used books to escape as kind of an asylum from reality. You did the same in your childhood. How many nights did you spend in your room reading so you didn't have to be out where the grump was? And Many. You know, you hide, hide yourself away. Get lost in those words. Yeah, I wish I could think of the book that I read in an entire weekend. They made it into a movie, but it was... Uh, it, it inspired me to dream, that's for sure. You know, it's. I think that's what books were meant to do, depending on the genre you're reading. But yeah. if... If you can't absorb a book into your life and let uh, let the time slip away, um, you know you're just living. You need some form of outlet to just check out for a bit and you know plant yourself into a, a story that takes you to fantastical lands or worlds or you know what have you. Exactly, yeah. and I think, like I said to you earlier. I've been writing and working on fantasy stuff for years, too, as an author, but I think this year I'm being pulled more into, like, setting aside fantasy for a little bit and rewriting my story, not only as an author, but my own story. Uh, We just had a conversation not too long ago about why my writing workshop didn't take off last year. And I was very frustrated. I I spent all these hours creating this free workshop and a lot of stuff happened technology-wise and just all kinds of stuff happened where it didn't take off like I wanted it to. And I was almost done with writing this whole writing course to offer to people to help them to learn to write their story also. And you and I had a conversation here a week or so ago where I, I woke up and I was like, why would I... I felt like a hypocrite. Why would I ask other people to share their story and write your stories of trauma and grief and even things that I've been hiding behind in my own life. So that's my goal for 2023 is to find my voice and share my story with the world, all while helping you to do the same. So shortly, let's go 24 hours after that conversation and bam, I get an email from Marlis at the library, at our current library, And it's an email saying, hey, remember that writing course we talked about at one of the author events? Would you like to head up a mini workshop on helping others find their voice? I mean, what am I I supposed to do? Say no to something like that after we just had that conversation? So an email went out yesterday saying, yes, absolutely. I need to know a few more details, but the answer bottom line is yes. And that is where my story changes this year, and I learn to find my voice. So let's uh, shift that a little bit, and let's talk about a book that meant something to both of us, Have Fate Will Travel. I was going to say the one we wrote. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That one was a fantastical journey that um, was really... Uh, meaningful to write together but it was really hard for me to not like I remember writing that book and then being done with it finally like I looked at you and I'm like 
I miss our characters. Mm-hmm. It was hard to let go of those people that you formed bonds with and basically you, created a whole life for them. You create an entire world around these these characters. In this particular book, we went on a journey, and by we, I mean the people that we created, and we did a lot of research. We did some food sampling, and pretty much lived vicariously through them. It was we, we almost had to because you know yeah. we, we found some YouTube videos and actually. If you look back at our past podcast on mine, on the Craft of Quill, we interviewed uh, a couple people named Adam and Catherine from Adventures of A Plus K. They are probably our biggest vlogging influences and just down-to-earth, awesome people. They actually, (laughs) yeah, they actually helped us in a roundabout way, unknowingly to them, with Have Fate Will Travel uh, chances are book we started out with seattle videos of theirs and then uh, that kind of launched us um into the book there are a few other was it their italy italy, italy videos, videos? I- italy videos <laughs> yeah yep i believe so so it was kind of along the amalfi coast um so yeah that that book probably is my favorite book We've co-authored, and it meant uh, a lot of people when we've mentioned that we wrote a book together. It was like, you guys are still married. It was never an issue between us. We, no. with this particular book, we um, it, it helped that it centered around uh, diary entries from the main characters, yeah. the secondary main characters, I should say, Peter and Sarah. So that allowed us to. Um, you wrote from Peter's yeah, we, point of view, and I wrote from Sarah's. We separated out the characters, so it's like, you write these two, I'll write these two, and then uh, there were times when we had to write jointly and just kind of, okay, all right, you write now, I'll write now, mm-hmm. but from one document. So it was, you know, it was, it was kind of interesting how that all played out. And talking about Half Fate Will Travel too, we also literally are going to be working on have fate will travel too and um, we hope to get working on that here anytime this year we're both working on other projects that we want to wrap up right now i need to get this writing workshop off the ground too and kind of do some more things with my podcast and my business in pursuit of purpose but we want to start working on have fate will travel too we also um, have another one curiosity chronicles which you can kind of ex- describe where you think you, your vision for that one you want to go, but that should be Boy, fun to work that's on too. Going to be an interesting one. Yeah, started uh, with a couple of Jewish ladies, Zobel and yeah, Schlag. Yeah, we, we thank Phil for that one. Yep, Phil Rosenthal from his, somebody please feed Phil or whatever it's some somebody of his feed phraseologies Phil. or yeah. words he used like oh well that fits there. Yep. Um. You mentioned, you just mentioned podcasts, right? Yes. What are some of your podcasts from, now you kind of tanked a little bit there towards the end, but you started out. Gee, thanks. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't do (laughs) it. I didn't tank on the podcast. I I just, I just. No, we didn't. We each kind of dropped the ball. I was doing weekly podcasts and then just went from like nothing. So out of gas. Yeah. I kind of did the same thing, whereas she was doing them weekly, I was like. Uh, once a month, twice a month. You know, I started out doing really good-ish on my website blog, and then that kind of fell. Like, we we just, we fell apart at different times of the year. Did real well here, but not so good there. And Lost track of our goals. I will say, though, that it's it's odd to think about. So if you think you're not making an impact on people, whether you're an author, whether you're just a regular Joe, whether you're a podcaster or a blogger, you think you're not making an impact on people, and maybe you question, like I did, I was putting out all these podcasts, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm sharing them, but nobody's commenting. There's not anybody who's, in the world of podcasters, you're kind of by yourself. You put it out there, but then there's not necessarily any feedback. You don't know who's listening, you don't know how it's impacting them, and so I stepped away, and we just lost track, like we just said, and I started working on other things, but I would log into my Podbean account to kind of just check and see, you know, the names of some of my other podcasts and see if I could get some new ideas. And I found out that in the meantime, when I stepped away, I have almost 200 downloads. 
So while I stepped away and didn't think I was making a difference, people were still pulling up those podcasts. From different countries, too. From different countries. And I was still changing lives. Those words that you put out there will never be, they're never going to disappear again. When you use your voice for podcasting or vlogging and there's a digital footprint like that, it will never disappear. It will continue to change lives even after you've stepped away. So I felt that that was like, just surprised me, I guess. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a cool thing. Uh, so when you you and I started out doing the Crafted Quill podcast, yep. um, I would probably say you had a harder time. Um, I couldn't wing it like yeah, we are like now. You point a camera at you and you're like, oh. Yeah, I felt very uncomfortable. Whereas I just kind of ran with it. So at some point, I think I messaged you and said, hey, do you care if I kind of do some by myself? I know this is kind of our thing. but And you, you kind of gave me your blessing to proceed. Well, then I did, but then I just like, you know what, let's do a season two. So I started out a brand new season, changed the format, and here I am get starting to think already, well, what about a season three? Mm-hmm. So... What, uh, Sadie, do you have any particular podcasts or part of your podcast that um, you really feel like hit the mark? Uh, yep. Some that stand out still? I should have pulled it up ahead of time, the one that has the most views. Um, one of them is my whole decluttering series. And that I would actually like to make into a book, like a self-help book someday, and kind of compile all of those episodes. It was a whole series that I did. But it wasn't just on decluttering your home. It was decluttering your mind, body, spirit, and soul to enable you to live and manifest your best life. And that's probably all of the episodes that are revolving around. There was another one that was revolving around unpacking your baggage and facing your traumas and letting your past go. That's probably, I don't know how many views that one has, but that was probably my most difficult but most productive podcast that I've done because it was it was there was a lot of hidden influences in my own life which mm-hmm. kind of ties into writing my own story as well yeah it was uh, I had one I'm trying to think of the title there was one I titled I could be wrong raising the Lazarus from your scars I think that one I talked about um, my dad's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one possibly before or after that one. I uh, And all of these the podcasts that I did were based on uh, my wife and I had a, a sticky note party. Where we just wrote down ideas on sticky notes and... Set a timer for like 30 minutes and just yeah. come up with ideas. And brainstorm. One, one of my brainstorming ideas um, was love languages. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but I believe there is a, a doctor... Or at best, a well-known uh, author, Gary Chapman, that talked about the five love languages. And I, in my podcast, not to copy what he did, I wanted to use those love language topics and convert them to what they meant to me. And I just kind of pushed that out there. And then uh, a friend of my brother's, when we were down in Missouri, uh, he's like, hey, have you ever heard of the... Uh, the was it the apology languages mm-hmm. or something like that so that that will be something i also wouldn't mind getting into a little bit but i might actually do a little bit more reading up on those but not so much to regurgitate what the book says but how um how you've applied it to your own life yeah and you know you don't you you don't stay married or you don't enter into a relationship and stay married as long as Sadie and I have for uh, 23 years and not not have to apologize for something and it's not about the apology it's about uh, the act of forgiveness that comes there there's admitting that you did something wrong and you apologize for it but it's also the flip side it's how that person should forgive you so it's 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 all language of love and the really changes that are enacted so that yep. it doesn't continue to happen so there's there's that um i think one of the things i tried to do with season two was kind of have a double um metaphorical meaning to my podcast like i did one uh about bigfoot mm-hmm. and the following that it has 
But then I, I flipped it and said, what basically what is what is that mythical beast in your life? What is that that creature you keep hidden in your closet that um, has meaning but you don't dare bring to light for fear of exposure? So it was, um, those were just a couple podcasts that I did that really stand out. And uh, for me, the podcasts were honestly kind of like uh, Sadie and I were talking about. It's honestly a form of therapy. I was just going to say that. It's more you, therapeutic. You, you have an opportunity to sit behind a microphone. And um, I tend to ramble a lot in case you haven't noticed that. No. Um, <laughs> But I try to circle back around as long as I can remember where I left off. And, um, but you're authentic. I, I need to have I mean, a meaning. Like the podcast I did, I think the Raising the Lazarus from Your Scars, I actually I, I tried to hide it a little bit on, on air, but I cried a little bit. I, I suppressed it, but uh, that kind of gets back to, though, not having a real good relationship with my own dad. Now, I will add that he was my adopted dad he married my mom and then adopted me but i have a birth dad that i also don't have a relationship so you might say i lived a life without having an actual dad with a real relationship until my wife's pointing to herself um her own um how do i want to phrase this here without um her dad so to speak my wife was blessed enough in life to have two dads in her life both Men, I grew to love. Unfortunately, her, her, her one dad died. Uh, God, how long ago was that? Over ten years ago. Twelve, thirteen years ago, yeah. two thousand nine. Uh, but her, her father from birth. How about that? Who's, you know, he's I I, he is the kind of guy, and I hope he listens to this podcast. Uh, he is the the kind of guy I wish I would have had from the get go. Um, he would have been a teacher, a friend, a father, um, a counselor, you name it. He was that and still is that. And, you know, I just, I enjoy his company. And honestly, I think because my own fathers were absent from my life, I kind of retreated within him and I kind of adapted, adopted Mm -hmm. him as my own dad or father. And and you. And it was just kind of, um, it was a good melding of uh, relationships, whether I had them or not. Yep. Well, that was deep. Ooh. <laughs> um, so podcasts, um, we're going to grow, keep putting them out? Definitely. Um, more we engaging? Wanna, we want to do some more, like with special guests that have influenced us or are meaningful that we could share with you guys as well. Um Doing more co-podcasts and coming co-podcast. up with ideas. I love doing this with Dare you. Dare we talk conspiracy theories Ooh, ever? I don't know if shoot. we want to cross that. One, um, Sadie mentioned guest speakers. Um, I absolutely love, like I have a book on my, my side shelf next to my bed. Ralph S. Mouse, written by Beverly Cleary. Um, how many of you know that she was still alive up until just a few months ago? She was, I believe, 103? Something like 104 that, yeah. years old. This woman um, is an icon in her storytelling. And I remember reading Ralph S. Mouse, and I'm like, I want a mouse that talks. Mm-hmm. That book... Oh. Well, we have mice we that have currently... We uh, office. Yeah. But it just it's books like that that I was able to submerge myself into the you know i used my my mind's eye and i'm like it was just a fantastic story but i want to find some interviewer ease right is that the right word (laughs) we want to broaden our podcasting horizon and uh, granted we're not real well known like many other podcasts out in the world but this is what we like to do you know this is if we could probably make what we do all the way around a business and still survive and profit Mm -hmm. i would do it i would do it it in a heartbeat i would if we could honestly live the nomad life Mm -hmm. i would do that 
I, I think uh, our dog Max would have some issues with that. Yeah. He's not very social. Speaking of which, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that we just lost our best Cali girl. Yeah, we just like, lost a while we dog. were on break just a couple she days ago. She so. recently turned 12. Yeah. So, so Max is the last of the three OGs, <laughs> our original dog. Do- he's our old dog now. He's yeah. 10. And he looks every bit um, the wise sage he is. He has got a full face of gray hair. But you know what? My my beard is gray too somewhat. So he and I share some colorings. We've got a year-old puppy, Bella, who pretty much keeps him on his toes and keeps him young. And they actually just had a litter of puppies like no, he He's not that old to reproduce, ago, though, either. Ago. Yeah, he, he's still got it. He was able to <laughs> knock some out, so to speak. Yep. Um, boy, we kind of... Talked about a lot of things. So everything is still on the table. It's, you know, podcasts, writing books, writing a lecture series. Sadie, not me. Um, I I lecture from the mic, not from the table. We need to, our, our main focus this year is to find out how to do all this stuff and quit making excuses that we don't have enough time. But it seriously feels like, one week just bleeds into the next, and then the month's gone by, and here we are at the end of 2022, and it's like, what the heck happened to the time? And you truly cannot live life from the couch, nope. I guess is my thought, too. As, as easy as it is, like I start my day um, often before 7, and I don't get home until 10, 11 hours later because my second part of my job, which is a really just a mirror of my, or an extension of my first job, so it's it's hard to get home sometimes and find that focus, but also like okay we got to exercise still, uh, Sadie, and still spend some quality time together. <laughs> Sadie Sadie will tell you I am not an early morning person, no. unless we happen to be on the road and then that kind of it's a little bit different. But I don't think I could be the kind of person to get up at five in the morning and hit the treadmill. No, no, I definitely would not want to do it in the morning. I could not do it. I just. I, but that leaves us making excuses at the end of the day that we're tired and we're we've had enough and I think we're just gonna have to be creative about how we get stuff done and there's gonna have to be some sacrifices. I mean yeah. this is you know, when they when they say New Year's resolutions, it's it's no joke. You you, you know, you wanna think about what's the the old old Lang Syne. Yep. It's remembering the old and ushering in the new. So as you listen to this podcast, we're now at the 47-minute mark. Um, Shocker. This is what happens when we code podcasts together. It's actually together, been pretty focused. And we both like to talk. <laughs> um, what are some things in your past that you could have done better? Um, maybe some things from your past year that you'd like to leave behind. Um, like Sadie and I both said, uh, I lost my dad back in January. We recently just lost um our our oldest girl dog Callie so there was there's we've had a year of sorrow but we've also had a year of adventure so it's it's been an uphill downhill battle and it's been hard you know same with my waistline (laughs) (laughs) expansion and speaking reduction love, love languages our love language towards each other is often food as well so that's been a battle for us because when we started eating right and I started making all these other dishes that it wasn't the same. I like making my grandma's recipes. You like making your grandma's recipes. Mm-hmm. It's that, again, tie it all into the authorship. It's that feeling. It's that nostalgia that that fuels us. So if I'm unable to share my love through food, like is one of our main love languages, it's hard to do that and still stay healthy at the same time. So we have to revamp new ways to take care of each other and show our love language, express it through food still, but in a healthier, more safe way. And and that's also, I will add to that, uh, a benefit of, it it would be harder, I think, if it was just one of us being an author, because I don't think the other person would quite understand, like, I have to go, you know, I have to go hit the office and write. maybe a lot of couples do that, and they separate, we don't. Maybe they would understand, but, you know, go ahead and, you know, whatever, I know that's what you want to do. But having a spouse as an author is perfect because um, Sadie, like I bounce a lot of stuff off Sadie, not as much as I used to probably, but uh, in my uh, site of love 
manuscript I just finished, there was a particular part, one of the main characters, I'm just, this one small indulgence part, um, she is blind, and she meets this guy, and she's really hard on herself, and doesn't, like, she tells her friend, I don't, I can't do this, how dare you bring this guy into my life, and he basically says, roundabout way, show me what it is to be blind, and introduce yourself to me and she's like but you can see you'll never understand so she, his point was help me understand mm -hmm. so having a wife that is my sight and sound and heart of love i'm able to bounce ideas off of her my first kindred souls book that was uh, my first really hard book to write because it was my first, I guess what I call my big boy book. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it was probably, was it over? It was about 200 pages, right? Yeah. Plus or minus. I, um, I wanted to incorporate a particular um, explicit but non-explicit scene that it was just, I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to be accurate, but I didn't want it to be grossly depicting the act of love. So I bounced it off Sadie and I, there was a little bit of tooling I had to do to read. It wasn't overly graphic. It wasn't, I think basically her, the end result was you couldn't have done it any better if you'd have tried. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, and, and a lot of people though, they aren't into stuff like that. Like I'm, <laughs> Sadie and I went to Goodwill this past summer and uh, she, we each dared each other to, to pick a book that we would never read. Yeah. And, I think I picked up a book half-joking. She goes, nope, that's your book. It is a Scottish romance. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, um, this is a book I will never be caught in public with. It is a true romance book. And, I mean, it's got some stuff in it. And it's it's peppered throughout. But it's, I, I having never read that book, I didn't know what to expect. So it's, I think it was tastefully written, but you have to go into the book with the understanding this is going to have some adult stuff in it. Yep. I went the opposite route. I wanted adult stuff, but not to be the focal point, which is why having my wife as my partner in crime also as an author, I can bounce things off of her and say, hey, I need to know from a female perspective how this comes across. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Half Fate Will Travel, my main character, Alex, uh, he and his um, female counterpart, Emma, were in a, was it Ireland? I think they were in Ireland, weren't they? Or Scotland? They were at a restaurant, and he saw uh, a, a male character in a corner abusing his the person oh, yeah. he was with. I was a little bit probably more explicit in that because in the book you read that Alex was traumatized as a kid. So I wrote that. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I really need to write that far out. But it, it I I tried not to over-explain and not to over-graphicalize. That's not even a word. but So I bounced it off Sadie and she was like, I don't know. That's You, you wrote some pretty detailed descriptions. But I think in the end, I don't think we redid that. Did mm -hmm. we? we just after rereading it, and basically, sometimes you just move forward. You don't take that kind of stuff out, and then you finish the book, and then you go back and you reread that, it. That's what the editing process and it is fit for. Perfect within that scene. So I guess my point through all of that is having a partner in life, whether it be your spouse, a best friend, a cousin, a brother, mother, father. Um, I was blessed in this life with a woman that gets me, and I get her. We try to uplift each other. <laughs> How many of your books, honestly, like Travelstead, I think, was the biggest one, where mm -hmm. I um, I was like, hey, I, what do you think about this? Like, I am flooded with stuff that, like, I have an idea. Like, I envision something, and I, they just, I regurgitated it all into Sadie's <laughs> lap. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about it that way. Or And it just, luckily, she's not ever once... Sharing each other's perspectives. Yeah. Turned it down. It was, it was like I was being possessed by her her book spirit. Love, yeah. Sam was the strangest encounter with yeah. that, where 
you were getting ideas too, but the emotion was behind it. Yeah. So I was emotionally writing these scenes and pouring my whole heart out, and then I would start to talk to him about something, and he would get this feeling or idea, but he'd be flooded with tears and just be almost sobbing while he's telling me this idea. And I'm like, it's so cool to be able to share that with somebody and share those those ideas and those moments that nobody else can explain unless you're an author as well. Remember that one time, and I don't know if I want to say this all the way, I was like, hey, what if, does Sam have a dot, yeah. dot, dot? And you're like, oh my God, yes. How did you know? She had already written the part that involves another individual in the book not the love interest, but it's like, how did you even know about that? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just came to it just me. Came to you. So, also having a partner, if you can vibe with it, I'm using a, a new age term that the kids all use nowadays. More often than not, Sadie and I have shared the same literary vibrations. Mm-hmm. That like, oh my God, what if your character? Do you see this? There's a particular house in town. Sadie knows that I have this strange connection with this Victorian era, but it's more, I don't, I say it's, it almost has like a Gothic Mm -hmm. Victorian era. I don't even know if that's a real style, but it's Civil War era. So it's a, almost a, it's a hundred and plus year old house that we just drive by every once in a while, just so I can look at, dream about. And that's just one of those things that Sadie has never once said, really? Do we have to again? It's because she gets it. She understands. That is what having a partner means to me is understanding where the other person's at. You don't maybe have to be there at the same place they are, but giving them the room to wander a little bit, to understand where they're at, the journey they're on, um, that's what ha- being an author means to me, and I think that's actually on our list to talk about, is uh, being an author in this day and age, albeit, yes, we've published, I think, what, close to 15 books between each other. Mm-hmm. We're not well-known authors, not in the grand scheme, not in the global market, but we are published authors, which says something. So... For those of you that are looking to broaden your horizon in the new year, find something you never tried before. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Sadie will tell you when it comes to podcasting, she was a shy little dormouse. Mm-hmm. She would I was terrified to be out on my own. Squeak her voice on the microphone. I'm like, honey, it's okay to talk. <laughs> Nobody can hurt you from the microphone. You might strangle yourself with the cord if you get, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Use this next few weeks, months of the new year to shed the cocoon that you've spent this past year, two years, decade of your life. Lifetime. And, I, and I'll add this, and I hope my mom listens to this. I'm going to use her as an example. Sorry, mm-hmm. Mom. Um, my mom, I love dearly, and she honestly has taught me how to love a woman such as the one I have in my life. And I'm going to try not to look at Sadie because I'll probably start crying. Um, My mom um, led a very hard life. And I'm not afraid to say this. And I probably, I don't know that I needed my mom's permission to say this. Um, Mine and my brother's dad was not the nicest person when we were all growing up. There were some things there. um, But... And let's call it what it is. It was abuse. Yeah, there was some abuse there. Phys- not physical so much. Well, mine and my brother's. But needless to say, my mom now I've seen grow since my dad's passing. We've we've I've been with my mom a few times now. And I'm proud of her for the growth that she is taking. She is shedding her cocoon. She is taking charge of her life. And she is being the Gandalf and thrusting down into the earth and taking charge of things and basically telling the bad guys, the, the whatever in her life, that they shall not pass. So if you've been this past year recluse and afraid to live your life, there's no need to. Just be you. Expand your horizon. Be your own champion that you've always needed and go out there and soar. It may be hard to grow. It may be hard to stretch your 
your butterfly wings a little bit, but you can do it. Sadie and I are living proof of this um, through health issues, through setback after setback, through jobs, through kids that move away and then have kids of their own. We are And traumas from childhood on forward. Breaking generational curses. That's a sneak peek into her future book that's coming Just, out. <laughs> and yours. I mean, yeah. Uh, awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's live your life out loud, as Sadie and I were just talking. Learn yep. to proverbially or physically color outside the lines. Who cares? Make your life a life of reality in a way that you can be proud of. You can do it. Absolutely. And to tie in what we said at the very beginning, it would be easier to slip into this new year and make all kinds of excuses and complain about the things we haven't done. But instead, let's look to the future and let's create the life that we're proud of and live our dreams out loud. No more excuses. That's right. No, no more, more excuses. excuses. No more excuses. <laughs> I don't want to sit here again another 11 and a half, three quarter months from now and have this same conversation on this same podcast and be like, well, these are the things we didn't do this year again. Next year at this time, I want to look back and say, man, did we kick butt or what? Yeah. But along with kicking butt sometimes, you have to realize that every success sometimes meaning taking two steps back. That's right. Sadie's pursuit of purpose was one of those things that... She was full steam ahead, and then there's some things, particularly a person that messed it up, a couple people, and I said, don't. But now I see why. Now I see why it wasn't meant to take off the way it should have back then. It wasn't time. I can yeah, clearly see that now. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. There, it's it's like um, I have probably, I have a page printout, probably 30 plus um, ideas or works in progress in my drop my google drive that are just everything's going to line up and you may start something one day and you may be like, yeah this is right turns out it's not the right time it will be the right time eventually though That's right. you just have to let fate kind of take the wheel sometime and let let that supernatural power take the reins for a while and let it manifest itself it life will tell you when it's time yeah. I have no doubt. It's You just have to open your eyes and what, <laughs> face you, reality sometimes first. Put in the work t to get there. Yes, and you also uh, you have to commit yourself to your work. You can't... And this sometimes is probably, we feel like we need to commit ourselves. The only one and only time you'll hear me swear, you cannot half-ass something that you wish to make a reality. Yep. If you want it, if you want people to take you serious, you have to take what you do serious, or you will not reap the rewards. And you're going to run into roadblocks, and sometimes it feels like the end of the road, and that there is nowhere to go from there. But I just recently, it was a song, wasn't it? When I was revamping my vision board, it said that something about new beginnings. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's yeah, end. That's right. That was a good one. And it was, I've heard that song a million times. I can't even remember who, it seems like it's uh, Goo Goo Dolls or somebody like that. Mm. But it's, that was very profound. I mean, you you might think that's the end of the road. You might think it's the, that it's an ending. But really, it could be just opening the door for a new beginning. And that's what I'm looking forward to this year. But it's going to take a lot of work to get there, and a lot of changes need to be made before that can happen. But I think we're ready to do it. Yeah, I think so too. And, and and this also gets back to what I was saying about having a partner. And you know what, though? If you don't have a partner for what you're doing, that's that's also okay. You just have to realize and remember that maybe this journey you're on is only meant for you. That's right. And that's okay. Not every journey needs a partner because... What you're learning is not meant to be a shared learning experience. It's only meant for you, which means at the end of that journey, before you transition to another journey, you'll have and gain the knowledge that's only meant for you. Yeah. You don't have to share that knowledge, that lesson you learned, you, but you now have a story to tell about your climb up the mountain. Yeah. 
And this year has been full of life lessons for a whole lot of us, pretty much since the beginning of COVID. And we've all been forced to take a step back and revamp how we look at life. And it's time to move on now. Yeah, and even even looking back that um, your birthday expedition. Yep. Um, there were a lot of lessons that we learned from that. And I... I made it sound way worse than it was, but no, if, it was bad. Let's, let's be honest. We were not prepared. There's another video I did. No, I think it was that one at the end. The like my, if I could meet this guy in real life, Creek Stewart. Um, I, I made the comment at the end of that hike video. I said I think the inner, inner Creek voice in my head said, "Turn back." Yeah. If Creek Stewart would have been there, he would have smacked me with his his stick and said, why are you not prepared for this hike? It doesn't matter if you're hiking around the block or across the country. You have to be prepared, plain and simple. So in closing here, how can you prepare yourself for the year to come in all that you dream, you all that you aspire to do yet? I say take a look at where you've been, take a look at where you are, Take a look at where you'd like to go and expound upon all of that and dream big. Yep. Dream big. I once heard that if it doesn't terrify you, you're not dreaming big enough. And that's, that's a where good I thing. want to be this year. A good lesson to learn. If yeah. it doesn't terrify you, but don't let it terrify you so bad that you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> no way. I'm out. Like skydiving, you know, things that, like that that... That's would a terrify no. me. That's a no. I, I don't even want to ride roller coasters anymore. No. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I don't need that kind of thrill. Grounded on the ground with my feet planted firmly uh, on the ground. Thank I you I get anxiety much. walking through the woods getting lost. <laughs> let's just, let's be real here. I don't even know if I want to fly anymore. And no. I've done a lot of that. So, Happy New Year to all of you. And it is my promise to you as well as Sadie's promise to you all as well. We will do better our podcasts. We will have books put out. Please support us any way you choose. Reach out and chat to us. Uh, we need to do some updating with things. But If you're listening to this and you'd like to be on the podcast, reach out and let one of the two of us know. All of you have a short story to share in your own way. Whether it be art, whether it be music, whether it be writing, whether it be with your voice. It doesn't matter what it is. You have a story to share, and we'd like to help you get that out into the world as well. Exactly. So, in closing, any final comments, words of wisdom? Nope. Let's make this year the best adventure we've ever been on. Agreed. Here's to a new coming year. 2023. Let's go get them. Have a good year. This is Sadie K. Frazier, Stephen St. Clair, signing off for 2022. Peace out. Bye. Hey, no, wait. See you on the flip side. There you go. has been a Traveling Realms Media production.